0: Hello and welcome back to the Mustang Sports Feed. This is Professor Bob Dixon. and I am here with Masters University Sports Information Director Mason Nesbitt. And today we are going to take a look back at the season that was the fall 2019 and a look at the present and the, for- and the future as we look at the winter sports, namely men's and women's basketball. Just uh, by way of throwing a little teaser out there, we are also going to make an announcement regarding the men's and women's NAIA Athletes of the Week, and just to give you a little hint, they both reside in Placerita Canyon. And finally, we will conclude our podcast today with a brief interview with Brock Gardner, who has had a tremendous season thus far for the Mustangs basketball team, and we'll hear Directly from him.
1: Yeah, Bob. We want to take this opportunity to kind of highlight uh, what happened in the fall, but to do it in such a way. So, for each of our our sports that ended in the fall, so not just so we're not going to get to golf because that championship season is still coming. Swimming, that championship season is still coming. But for those sports that had their championship in the fall, we're going to look at one highlight. We're going to look at a top performer and a breakout performer in each of those sports.
0: All right. In that good. order.
1: So for men's cross country, obviously the highlight I, I think is. Pretty obvious. The Mustangs win their 10th straight Golden State Athletic Conference title. Coach Zach Schrader is Conference Coach of the Year for the 10th straight time, which is really pretty incredible. And that's that's got to be the highlight. Yeah. Um, so the Mustangs have been just dominant in the GSEC, especially this year. It, the conference championship really wasn't even particularly close. So that highlight is that 10th straight GSEC title. Now the top performer is senior Stephen Pacheco. So Stephen was the GSAC individual champion and then at cross-country nationals up in Vancouver, Washington, um, 12th overall. In the
0: nation.
1: In the nation, which makes him an All-American. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And along those lines, our breakout performer is freshman Brent Laubach, who was 30th at nationals.
0: So we have a freshman who has already cracked the top 30.
1: And the important note there, Bob, is that the top 30 are All-Americans. So he was right in that spot.
0: Okay. Now, Have we had a freshman All-American cross-country? Runner? We have not. So what you're saying is we've won 10 straight GSAC championships and the future looks better than the past.
1: The future is promising. I don't want to say the future looks I, better than the past, that's, but that's, the future is promising.
0: You, you, have you thought about politics?
1: Not recently, but... I'm probably going to stick with sports information to answer you have, you that have question. <laughs> but anyway, Brent Laubach, All American as a freshman, first one in program history, like you said. Um, a big deal for, for the Mustangs there. Now, for the women's cross country, the highlight Ariana Giorso made her second straight appearance at Cross Country Nationals, which for the women is also in Vancouver, Washington. I actually had the opportunity to go up there, and it is an amazing event. It was very cold, it's like 33 degrees. It, 10 o'clock in the morning but you've got all these runners spread out on this field this incredible field of the best NAI runners in the country and they all take off at once and then you kind of some people run around the course so they kind of um to try and see the different mile markers I just planned myself right at the finish line because that's where the the important stuff was going to take place but Ariana went to nationals she took 56 at nationals which is not what she was personally hoping for but you got to imagine that's going to be something that will motivate her to work even harder. She's only a sophomore, so she's got two more years to really kind of leave her mark on the program. Okay. And so, obviously, our top performer, Ariana Giorso, Um, She took third at Golden State Athletic Conference uh, Finals for the second straight year, so another big year for Ariana. And then the breakout performer is freshman Kimberly Page, who took 12th at GSAC Finals. So she didn't go to nationals, but she took 12th at GSAC Finals, which makes her all GSAC, and as a freshman – can't ask for much more than that
0: that's fantastic while the the cross-country program has and I remember when it started and I thought when when it happened well it's going to be good because we have so many good high school runners here in the valley and if we even attract uh, a fraction of them uh, we'll see success didn't foresee this level of success I have to be honest this has been impressive
1: and we mentioned it on the on the last uh podcast a lot of that is just the stability with the coaching staff—you've got Zach Schrader and his wife Amy, who's his assistant—and just the meticulous training plan that they put together for these athletes year in and year out is is pretty incredible. And also the way that they're able to adjust it based on what the runners are doing throughout the course of the season.
0: All right, well, we could we could keep going about cross country, but if we do, we're never going to get to the rest. So let's let's turn. Won't the get to the finish line. We will not get there, or we might get there, but the audience might not uh, be there with us. Uh, let's 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 switch gears and talk about soccer.
1: So we'll start with men's soccer. The Mustangs finished the year 8-8-2, uh, continued a streak of going to the GSAC tournament every year since 2010. Highlight for them has to be that 0-0 tie with number four in the country at the time, Westmont, on October 19th. And then you could make a case that it was also those games kind of at the end of the regular season when the Mustangs made that push to get into the postseason. Top performer would be Dylan Blansky, the senior. 13 goals, four assists, all g performer best season as a Mustang and then the breakout performer I think is goalie Price Anderson somebody who last you know his freshman year um, I'm not sure we could have foreseen this kind of a season and really had a good year and goal for them recorded six shutouts uh, had a couple big saves in that tie with Westmont to keep that at 0-0
0: that's fantastic yeah if you have if you have a a keeper that can that can bail out a defense on occasion because sometimes that's needed yeah you can you can beat teams you you shouldn't beat Honestly, um, that's I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know, but uh, again, that's promising for the future if you have a young goalkeeper that uh, is your breakout as your breakout performer.
1: And again, well, yeah, only a sophomore, Price Anderson, our breakout performer for men's soccer. For women's soccer, uh, they finished the year 13 six and three, made their fourth trip to nationals in the last seven years. Highlight is that win over Truett McConnell, which the interesting note about that was that it was TMU versus. T-M-U, <laughs> Truett McConnell University. The Mustangs came out on top 2-0 to zero in that opening round game out in Florida, November 22nd, goals from Kendall Borman and Suzanne Maybe. Top performer, it's got to be Kayla Peterson. Uh, defender, forward, only the second four-time GSEC selection in the history of what's been a very good program under Curtis Lewis. Was really a difference maker when he moved her up to Forward, second most goals on the team with six, and then the breakout performers got to be sophomore Kendall Borman. Yep. thirteen goals, three assists, all G sac. That was after scoring only three goals as a freshman. So ten more goals. I think that's the definition of breakout right there, Bob.
0: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's amazing. And 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 uh, I have to ask, do do we in the in the soccer program do we re- retire numbers at all? Does that happen? Is that something we do?
1: I don't know that any numbers have been retired
0: just throwing it out there i don't know just you said four four time gsac all performer all gsac performer and okay
1: just i'll let you talk to curtis about okay. that one <laughs>
0: all right so so let's talk volleyball
1: women's volleyball uh, they won 18-12 and, and made their third straight trip to the gsac tournament highlight has to be beating num- then number 17 westmont 3 to 1 at tmu on october 12th Obviously, last week, Westmont went on an incredible run to get to the national championship game. Westmont beat Park, Westmont beat Turbo. so I think that really makes that win over Westmont back on uh, October 12th really look good. Uh, top performer, Jane Caesar, 134 blocks, 273 kills, made her second straight All-GSAC performance, made um, and also second straight NAI All-American. So Jane Caesar at middle blocker, and then breakout performer, also middle blocker, Emily Scott, again, someone who as a freshman, I don't think we talked a lot about, didn't really see her out on the court or notice her that much, and then this season one hundred and forty nine kills, fourth most on the team again, that's what a breakout season looks like.
0: She got the opportunity
1: and she made the most, took of it. advantage of
0: it fantastic okay so I, I, I there's a bit of a theme here seems like uh, there's a there's a, you circle in a red when we beat Westmont and things. It's, uh, it's-
1: well, when they're ranked highly <laughs> in the country. So it's not just beating Westmont, but a couple of those were, were pretty impressive wins.
0: Come on, it is fun to beat Westmont, though.
1: It is fun to beat Westmont. All right.
0: Just a little friendly rivalry. Sorry, they beat us, too. All right, so, so uh, let's take a look at what's going on now. The sports that, that are now tuning up as we, as we head into the, uh, the holiday season here, uh, men's and women's basketball. How would you like to start with that? Where we'll do you want start with go? women's basketball. All right, let's start with the women's.
1: So the Mustangs are number three in the country. They're 10-0 and 0 as of this broadcast, 2-0 and 0 in Golden State Athletic Conference play. And you kind of teased it at the beginning of the podcast, Stephanie Suarez for the week of December 2nd through the 7th, so it was just announced today as of recording this, National Player of the Week for the NAI. And let's kind of walk <laughs> through the week that she had because I think it's worth taking it step by step.
0: Yeah, this this is this is folks. This is going to make the case right here. Listen to these numbers. So
1: December second, the Mustangs play the number one of the top teams in NAIA Division two. She comes up with twenty one points, sixteen rebounds, and twelve blocks for the first triple double in her sophomore season. Well, of her career, but now you know just two years in.
0: A, tri- a triple double that includes blocks is is a, a, a tremendous rarity at any level, any a, men, women, high school. Parks and a rec doesn't matter. You just don't see it. I mean, after after the fourth or fifth block, usually teams say, I'm done, I'm not going in there. So
1: you appreciate their willingness to still challenge her, but she, she definitely made the most of her opportunities. I think so. she
0: appreciated it too.
1: So December 5th, so three days later, against Arizona Christians, 17 points, 15 rebounds, six blocks. And then December 7th, OUAZ, 20 points, nine rebounds, four blocks. So as of right now, Stephanie Suarez, Masters, Sophomore Center, Leads the country in blocks with 53, is third in rebounds at 11.9 per game, and then is fourth in scoring at 20.2 points per game. And again, she is your NAI National Player of the Week.
0: Now, now, not to pat ourselves on the back too much here, but we did have Stephanie in studio for episode one. So if you're interested, you guys listening, you can catch that.
1: So we knew where to start. We
0: did. Yeah, so. And right. I'd like to
1: say that because of that interview, that really inspired her to go out and, and put up these numbers. I'm sure
0: if we brought her back in, she would say that that, uh, th- that it did propel her in some way, right?
1: Now, the important thing <laughs> to note is that it has not only been Stephanie. You've got Hannah Ostrom, senior guard, who's averaging 10.7 points, five rebounds. You've got Annika Newman, who again was an All American last season and is really an excellent compliment in that front court to Steph has 10.6 points per game and five rebounds. And then you've got seven players overall who are scoring at least five points a game. So it really can be any number of people on any given night. And they've got some big games coming up. Because I don't know, Bob, if you saw that last ranking that came out. So the Mustangs were at number three. right? But at number four, you had Vanguard, which is a conference rival. right? And at number five, you had Westmont, who's a conference rival. So, the, So the Golden State Athletic Conference had three teams in that top five and so the Mustangs are going to play both those teams twice, and those are going to be interesting matchups.
0: Well, I like that for a number of reasons. Number one, it's just going to be fun to watch uh, as a fan, but I also like it because when the end of the season comes and we know they're going to be in the national tournament, they're going to be ready because they will have played the best in the country already, So uh, some of the best in the country already. So uh, that's good for them as far as the prep goes. Uh, so fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what what – What's up next for Stephanie? I don't know how she's going to top that triple double. That was that's impressive. What about what about the men now? Let's talk about
1: that. So the men's basketball team is ranked number 2 currently in the country. They are 9 and 0 and 2 and 0 in conference. So if you're keeping track, that means that men's and women's basketball are a combined 19 and 0, which is a good start.
0: It's a fun time to be a Mustang basketball fan.
1: And we're going to get to interviewing this guy later, but Brock Gardner is currently sixth in the country in scoring at 22.9 points per game. And really that has a lot to do with what he's done over these last four games, where he's averaging more than 33 points a game on 63% shooting. 33 points a game. He had a 43-point game. He had a 40-point game. He had a 34-point game against the number 10-ranked team in the country on the road. And then he came back with sixteen-point game where he had nine rebounds
0: and five assists. Okay, so pretty good. So for the for the, the the listeners who maybe haven't been to a game, how does Brock get his points? So Brock is six foot seven, he's two hundred and
1: fifteen pounds, and he's very athletic. So he can get to the basket pretty much whenever he wants. But as we're going to ask him, a big part of that is being able to to shoot the three. And so in some of these games, he's had some early three pointers go in, and that kind of opens opens things up. Another guy to keep an eye on, obviously, is Tim Suarez, the Mustangs' six foot eleven senior center, who had a career high thirty six points on Saturday to go along with fourteen rebounds. <laughs> and then the guy who's kind of flying under the radar in all of this is senior guard Daryl McDowell White, who's averaging fifteen points a game, and last week had twenty one and nineteen respectively in those games.
0: Well, there, in a nutshell, is how you you start the season undefeated and ranked number two in the number country? two in the country. So we have the number two and the number three teams, respectively, in the country for men's and women's basketball. You you, you must really enjoy your job right now. It's a lot of fun. I, I mean, I know you enjoy your job all the time, but it's got to be fun to to step in onto the court and know you're seeing the best teams in the, one of the best teams in the country.
1: And I think the exciting thing, Bob, and you hit on this with the women, is that the men have some big games coming up. So even before Christmas, the men are going to play the University of Antelope Valley for the second time this season. UAV's a team that we beat in a pretty close game earlier this year, and they've beaten some good teams. And then as you go to next semester, you've got Westmont, who's the number 22-ranked team in the country. You've got Hope International, who's very good and ranked 15. So there are going to be some big games, some exciting games, and hopefully we'll fill up Bross Court uh, to watch.
0: Yeah, if if, uh, if you haven't been to see the Mustangs this year – Take my advice. Uh, this is the year to see him. This is you're going to want to say you saw because uh, you've heard some of these numbers. You don't know what you're going to see when you come. What kind of performance you're going to see? But you know for certain you're going to see some really good basketball. Well, and we
1: saw that with Daryl's debut. You know, last month, whatever it was, we had a between the legs pass for a jump shot and an alley oop to Brock for a one handed dunk, and it's a lot of fun to watch, both on the men's and the women's side.
0: Look, I understand it's hard to get a Laker ticket or a Clipper ticket these days. They're not as easy as they were last year. Come on down to Bross. We got, we got championship quality basketball right here. Couldn't agree with you more, Bob. Well, on that note, what do you say we, uh, we bring Brock in for a conversation? Sounds good to me. All right. Let's do it.
1: All right. So we are here on uh, the Mustang Sports Feed with the NAI National Player of the Week. A guy who has scored thirty-three point three points uh, per game over his last four. Uh, Mr. Brock Gardner, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. So, Brock, what has it been like over the last couple weeks? Whether it was the, you know, forty points he scored uh, against Sago American Indian, or the um, the forty-three against College of Idaho. In these games, what's it been like? You know, when you've got a hot hand like that. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but
2: um, I think it's just been the flow of the game, and I just kind of didn't kind of picking and choosing when to attack, and in the flow of the offense, and uh, things had just kind of opened up. Where uh, I think both the College of Idaho game and the Saguaro game started off with a uh, couple threes going in, that just kind of got my motor going, and uh, was able to knock. Um, obviously, uh, was able to produce pretty efficiently throughout those games, and I think that's probably the big thing, um, is just the efficiency is because I think in uh, in the last game Tim. It was his night, and he was kind of able to go off, and he was very efficient. So I think when we have um, guys that are capable of going off in each game, it's going to be different every night. In um, the past couple of weeks, it's just happened to be me, and uh, I think just uh, um, just being able to go on this
1: this streak that we're on right now has been it's been uh, fun to watch and fun to play. <laughs> well, you mentioned it, Brock. So, so you're six seven. You're a big guy. You're athletic. What does that do for your game when you see a couple three pointers or more? Maybe more importantly, the defense sees a couple three pointers going from you early in the game.
2: Um, uh, personally, it kind of opens everything up. So once you um, hit a three or two, the, the defense is going to get closer and not try to l- not let you shoot. So that allows you to shot fake to get him to bite on something or a jab fake to get him to bite. And so it really just opens, off, opens up the floor for you can drive and dish or drive and finish um, or just even call for a pick and roll or something so it just gives you a lot more options when you're knocking down the three-point shot and then um being six seven it gives me a little bit of a height advantage most of the time so if I do have a mismatch I could just go to the post um, so if the three-point shot
1: shots falling it, it, it does open up the floor a lot more how do you try and balance so you know obviously last week you, you've got the 34 against Arizona Christian number 10 team in the country and then you come back that next game against OUAZ and, and Tim's feeling it, and Tim ends up going for a career high and you kind of take a back seat. So, how do you balance trying to score but also not trying to do too much?
2: Um, I think it all goes with um, just understanding the flow of the game. So, uh, I was kind of, we weren't trash talking, but uh, me and one of the guys on the OUAZ team, he said uh, uh, he was just pretty confident about the scout that they had. And so, um, I kind of took that and I was like, okay, if they, had, if they saw what happened the previous games, they probably have doubled up on me. And so, someone else is going to be open. And so after I tried, I t- took, like, two drives, and I missed both of them, and I missed a three, so I'm like, all right, I may not be feeling it tonight. So I, was, I tried to look at Tim in the post, and then he scored, like, three, three straight baskets. So um, I think it's just really understanding the flow and the fact that we can kind of go, whether it's Tim, Daryl, me, or Jordan, whoever it is in the game that, that can go off, and we have those options. So if they try to stop one
1: person, someone else is going to go off. So the fact that we have multiple threats on the court at all times is it's very helpful. So your first uh, couple seasons and even the season before you you got here over the last three years Masters goes what 84 and 13. How have you guys dealt with the pressure or the raised expectations that go with coming into a season you know knowing that that you've done that the last couple years?
2: Um, I think we just our our main focus is take one game at a time and we know with that will come those added pressures but if we just focus on uh, each game, the assignments we have, and the, and understanding the scout the, as best we can. If we just go game by game, it kind of eases those pressures because we're not thinking that with the big scope, squo- big scope. Because obviously we have a championship in mind, but if we just go game by game with a, with our mindset, I think it's it takes that pressure off of us and allows us to
1: um, just kind of be uh, just take initiative for each game obviously the last week or so there's a lot of focus on you a lot of focus on Tim Suarez and rightfully so you know what the front court is doing but how how important has been uh, what Daryl McDowell White's able to do for you guys in the backcourt
2: it's been huge and um sometimes I feel bad for him because a lot of the stuff he does goes isn't on the stat sheet and uh, I mean he's had games where he has six or seven steals and that's huge for us but he's also rebounding defensive plays uh just a lot of hustle plays that he does and then then he throw in those games where he does go off for 30 points or so um so he's been huge for us and um and even though his numbers may not have been as um as big as tim and tim and i's have been but he's still
1: been huge and um probably the the key factor in those games so so now off the court you're studying biblical counseling here at the masters university what maybe led to wanting to go that course of study and then what maybe do you see yourself doing with that in the future
2: um, so my freshman year at Liberty, I was initially in aviation, because that's what um, my long-term plan was, is to be a pilot. Um, and eventually I came to the point where it's just, it took a, too much time, so I kind of had to choose between basketball and aviation. And so after that, I just kind of went to general and um, was able to think about what I really wanted to do. And I thought about accounting, because I like numbers, and I feel like I could find a good career out of that. But I took an accounting class, and that was not for me, and... <laughs> And then I um, talked to my dad. He's actually a counseling pastor. And um, and just going throughout college, I realized how much I like to or just listen to people and hear what's going on in their lives and help out where I can. And so that's why I kind of thought counseling uh, would be a good a good option for me, because I feel like it's very practical, and I don't have to be an official counselor to, to um, do those things. So I could still find a job with coaching or teaching or maybe even preaching. Um, we'll see what happens down the road, but... Um, I think my primary goal is to play professional basketball for a couple of years, depending on what opens up after, um, but I think that's my initial plan, is um, just kind of be able to help and relate to people, and then also use my basketball abilities, whether it's in coaching or just um, team leadership, things like that, that's kind of where my thought process was at.
1: Now, your sister Macy, I understand, is the all-time Kills <laughs> leader um, in Arizona State women's volleyball history so arizona state university women's volleyball history is there any kind of sibling rivalry there between the two of you as far as who's the who the best athlete in the family
2: (laughs) there is there is a little bit of trash talk going on um i kind of got used to it because she would always beat me up when i was growing up she would like brock let's go play let's play volleyball and she would just well balls at me i'm like okay i'm just trying to pass the ball and usually she would just beat me up but uh as we've gotten older I'm, i'm trying to convince her that i have the upper hand now but we'll see
1: She's a great athlete, so it's hard to hard to compete. <laughs> now, before we let you go, Brock, obviously this Masters team—you go over these last five games. You take out that sago American Indian game, where obviously you guys scored one hundred and twenty-one. If you leave those four games, you guys are averaging ninety-one points a game. What maybe has started to come together as far as this offense? You know, in in uh, in these last four games, do you think? I think
2: we've um, done a good job of finding where the openings are in our offense. So. Um, the first couple games of the season, uh, we'd watch our film and, um, pretty consistently there'd be a one pass shot possession and we would do that like four or five times in a row. And if we're not hitting, then the other team's going to go on a eight two run, 10, 10, two run, something like that. So, um, I think we've just really gotten the flow to get at least four or five passes in and get coming off guys coming off screens. Or, um, if it's looking at Tim in the post or getting Daryl coming off a stagger screen for a three point shot or just getting downhill off, a, um. Off, a, um, off some ball movement. So whatever it is, I just feel like we've
1: played to our strengths a lot more on offense and using our, our talents um, just really wisely. Well, fantastic, Brock. Thanks again yeah. for joining us. And thanks again, or I should say congratulations, <laughs> on the NAI <laughs> National Player of the Week Award. Very exciting. And uh, best of luck the rest of this year. Awesome. Thanks so much thanks for having me.